Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I tell you what, I got about 50, 11, and 2 uh, Star Tribune newspapers because this week I went to the Hy-Vee, I went by Walmart, I went to Target, I went to Cub Food, and bought them all up. Because Devonna Pittman was jumping rope in Star Tribune. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. It reminded me of when I was a little girl and I used to double dutch. And I thought, yes, I love it. And so then um, the next day I got my Star Tribune because I'm, I'm old school. I still like getting the newspaper. So they drop it off in the yard. They throw it up on the driveway. So I got it. And she's in again talking about how, you know, midlife is just the beginning and the start of doing new things and, and all these wonderful things she's doing, like writing books and starting a new career. She ran for office and I thought I got to get her on the show so I can get some of this mojo she got. Maybe it'll rub off in the phone. So she is with us, the diva herself, Devonna Pittman. Thank you for being on Still Talking. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. You know, where do we start? I don't know uh, if we start at the first Star Tribune article or the, the second one. But I've never seen anything like that where somebody is in the Star Tribune full color above the fold uh, one day and the very next day another feature column um uh, about their lives but you are just absolutely fantastic you know i I just remember you know my mom and my grandmother my great-grandmother just couldn't wait to retirement they were just working and working and working and you know just kind of winding down but it seems like you know from reading your story and 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 watching you work you're just getting started sometimes i feel like i am i you know i embrace every day as if it's my last And I try to do all the things that I want to do, all the things I love to do. And, you know, um, Shalita, I was a young mom. And so my kids were 18 months apart. So I spent a lot of my my young adulthood taking care of babies. You know, I had my first kid when I was 19 and the second when I was 21. So I was busy taking care of kids when I was young. And now that your kids are older, your daughter is is in Atlanta uh, dancing on tour. Uh, I saw the videos and the pictures, and she is absolutely amazing. Taz was a part of Geraldine Steele's center stage a couple of months back with the performance that she had here in the Twin Cities. But, you know, your your kids are grown, and you think, okay, the kids are out the house. I'm going to relax. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to eat a bunch of donuts, do a lot of drinking, maybe go on some cruises. You kicked it into high. 
high gear. What made you say, <laughs> I'm going to have the courage to do uh, what I want to do and live my life on my own terms in this stage? You know, I really didn't have any idea what I was going to do. Actually, when my oldest daughter went away, went away to college, I was good. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, now we still have the one at home. Let's get her off. That was easy. Didn't shed a tear. Just thought, like, we're about to have this house to ourselves, no more kids, or one mm-hmm. kid, I should say. And then when we sent the second one off, um, she went to Louisiana, and I flew down with her. And that was all good and dandy, but on the ride home, um, the flight home, <laughs> I, I was not by myself on the plane, and I literally started bawling. I was like, oh, my God, I don't have wow. any more carpools. I don't have to drop any kids off. What am I going to do? And wow. I heard this voice say, write your book. Okay, this is the thing. A lot of times we take books and billion dollar ideas to the grave, especially as black women. We don't think um, we can do it. We spend our lives supporting other people and their vision and their goals and their dreams. And, you know, by the time we think we can do it or we build up the confidence, it's too little too late. What made you step out on faith and say, I can do this and have the courage to actually see it through? I didn't really have anything else going on. I mean, when I when I dropped my baby off in Louisiana, she, and she was my what I call my hip baby, so she was with me all the time. Mm-hmm. I could not, um, you know, get away from her. Even when she went to high school, she was still, we were always really, really close. And so I had separation anxiety. And like I said, some I heard this voice, and I know it was God, write your book. And I had started writing a little bit. I had written like some bullet points of what the book would look like. And so I got home and went under the bed. I had it in a, a shoebox, a literal mm-hmm. shoebox under the bed. And I pulled it out and I looked at it and I just started writing, went to my computer and started typing and the words came. And I tell any anyone, if you have this a goal or something in your heart that you feel like you need to do, if you start, getting started is the hardest part of doing anything. And once I started, all the words just came to me. And it took me 18 months from pen to uh, to print to write my book. And that was the beginning of me and um, just getting an opportunity to start speaking out about my book and, you know, being asked to speak at different conferences and things like that. So... I know if I hadn't written my book, that none of that would have happened for me. Okay, now tell us about the book, because now I'm getting notes from people saying, "What? what's the name of the book? Where can I pick it up? What is the book about? Tell us about the book. So I wrote, my first book was a memoir about my life growing up in poverty, overcoming poverty and sexual abuse. The title of my book is My Pretty and It's Ugly Truth. Mm-hmm. Mm. My Pretty and It's Ugly Truth. And the premise of the book, of course, is my life story, but also um, the idea that we um, can become or we can have these facades and these um, masks that we put on and we can look like we're successful and we have arrived. But really, we're walking through life with childhood traumas that are affecting us and we're being triggered by these things. And I knew that I had to write the book because I knew that I wasn't alone. 
I knew that there were other women who were walking around carrying pain and not being able to even, um, you know, think about it or talk about it. But for me, I knew that once I wrote that book that it would help free a lot of women and men. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it did just that. People were reaching out to me after I wrote the book saying I've never told. In fact, someone just reached out to me about a month ago. They just read the book. And mm-hmm. um, she said that I w- she had read my book. And I was the first person that she had ever told that she had been sexually abused by her grandfather. Mm. Mm. So I know this book is still bringing about healing. And, you know, everybody has a story to tell. I tell my girlfriend that all the time. Um, It's just that some people tell theirs. And you're holding a writer's boot camp on the 23rd. Um, Talk to me about that. Yes. Um, I founded the Minnesota Black Authors Expo in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I ran for office, I pretty much kind of took a step back. And um, uh, the expo has a new um, executive director. But I decided this year that I wanted to, um, to and we've always hosted the, uh, the boot camps. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I'm actually going to be taking a very... Um, uh, you know, a, a physical step in the boot camp to talk to people about how to write a book from step one to execution and getting your book into stores, um, self-publishing or whatever that looks like. And so that is October 23rd. Um, and we're going to walk um, people who have never re- written a book and people who think they might want to write a book or people who have written a book and just they need help trying to figure out how to market and 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 earn money off of their books. And that's the thing. Um, you know, everybody has these great ideas and some people have even like you said written books and they're sitting there at their house because they don't know what to do next. They don't know what the next step is. They don't know who to trust. They've, you know, poured it all out on this paper and, you know, with the pen or the typewriter, the computer, and then they don't want to just hand that over to somebody. Um, you know, because there are a lot of, you know, questionable, unscrupulous people out there and they will take your literature and run with it. And so I just appreciate the fact that you are giving people guidance um, who really want to get to that next step. Um, now, how can people sign up? What, where do they go? How, do, how can they participate? So for folks who are interested in um, either the boot camp or just watching the expo live, they can go to mnblackauthors.com, mnblackauthors.com. The expo will be um, aired live on October 23rd from 1 to 2, and then the mm-hmm. boot camp is from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the 23rd. Okay. Is it too late to register? Because I know the deadline kind of passed. Um, but I wanted to still get you on to talk about it. Have you extended the deadline? Can people still sign up? So we did extend the ex. I mean the the boot camp um, registration to October eighteenth. So tomorrow is okay. the last day for folks to Oof. sign up. But I have a little influence. So I'm thinking I might try to see if I can influence them to push it back a little bit. Uh, so we'll it see. is your kind of thing. Yeah, you, it's okay. <laughs> But I'm just glad, look, I'm just glad we're telling people about it because, you know, my concern was people 
um, are hearing about it. They have this book that they've written. They have an idea yeah. for a book, and they're thinking about it. And, you know, these kind of events are very few and far between where you are talking to actual authors, somebody who's lived it, somebody who's been through it. A lot of times you go to these events, Devana, you know, as well as I do, it's somebody um, who, who wants to charge you something or who wants to, you know, publish your stuff or, you know, who, you know, agents and all this other kind of stuff. But you are really an author who wants to genuinely help other authors get to their next level of greatness. And I, I absolutely appreciate that. Thank you, Shaletta. And that's what, for me, um, is really important. When I published my book, I self-published in 2011. And at that time, I didn't know any self-published authors, and I couldn't get the answers I needed. And that was one of the reasons why I even began hosting the Black Authors Expo to create a space for folks to get the support they needed and also for folks to be able to find books that they were looking for. So yes, it, yes. it was definitely a necessary um, resource. Yeah. And I, I want to hold you over for one more segment before we end the show, because we have got to talk about your double Dutch skills, girlfriend. The diva <laughs> Devonna Pittman is joining us on center stage. We'll be right back. Continuing our discussion with Devonna Pittman. Devonna, you know, I, I, I saw the story in the Star Tribune about the women and double dutching. And I've seen you all on social media, on Facebook with the photos and the videos. You know, that's a girl time school girl game and it gave me all the feels to see you ladies jumping and having fun and laughing and talking how did that all come about here in the twin cities you know we actually started um i've never really stopped jumping double dutch to be perfectly honest i taught my daughters how to jump double dutch so i could have turners that's how selfish I was. I wanted to make sure that that I had my turners because you need two people to turn. And I had two daughters, so I taught them to jump so they could turn. And so they learned how to jump and turn very young. Um, when we started uh, having or going to the Juneteenth celebrations was when we would take our ropes um, to North Minneapolis and we would just jump. And then we started jumping at um, some of the farmer's markets and it kind of caught on. And then I had conversations with other women who absolutely love jumping double dutch. And they were like, let's just start meeting on Saturdays in the summer and jump. And we did. And then we found out that there was another group who were jumping on Thursdays nights. And so mm. we started going to their sessions and then they would join our sessions on Saturday. And so it just became, um, you know, it's, of course, exercise, it's high energy, you can burn so many calories. But um, beyond that, it is an amazing way to bond with other women. We laugh so much when we jump double dutch. We root each other on, you know, we, we might come in there um, just having had a really long, tough week. But when you jump double dutch, you cannot leave the same. We absolutely love it. It's great for our mental health. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you all look like you were having so much fun. How do you find the time to do it? I mean, you ran for office. I, you know, I, I, I first heard about you when, you know, you were one of the 40 African-American women who ran for office after George Floyd was mm -hmm. killed. Um, and, and then you changed careers 
and you know now you uh you know making sure there's uh you know equity in in financing for people um of color here in the twin cities um in, in every aspect whether it is career or it is uh corporate america it is at the table with with our families um you know with that nonprofit organization um and Tawana Black and all the work that that they are doing over there you're a part of that and you know it, it just doing so much you know how do you turn away from your good government job <laughs> to step out on faith and have the courage to just do what you love. I think uh, one of the most important lessons that I have learned, and it is a lesson that I've been trying to teach people for so many years without fully grasping it myself. And I don't think you can really grasp it until you are right there in the midst of it. Um, and that lesson is follow your heart. Find fulfillment in whatever it is that you're doing and make sure that you're always doing what your heart is calling for. Mm-hmm. I had a good government job. I had spent 18 years working in a public sector career that I thought was something I was going to do for the rest of my life. Then I was compelled to run for office and lost my race by 1,200 votes out of 85,000 votes was um, devastated because I never saw myself losing that race. I worked so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But after I, um, you know, after I realized that, okay, that's not going to happen, that that's not what was in the cards for you, um, the job with um, the center came, um, was presented to me. And um, I never would have imagined myself doing this kind of work every single day, um, and doing it with the the boldness that this role requires. But after you run for office, um, you you start believing in new ways of doing things. You realize how not only how important your voice is, but how powerful your voice is. And so um, I knew that I had when I when I lost my race, I knew that there was another role for me, and I knew it wasn't in public sector. So. Um, yeah, it worked out. I think everything happens for a reason. If I hadn't run, I would probably still be in my good government job. <laughs> Not fully understanding my capacity or my calling. But running for office, um, it, it definitely gave me everything I need to be able to um, to know where I was supposed to be. Okay, so how do you pick up the pieces after that? Because, you know, it's one thing to apply for a job that you really want. You tell your mama and your cousin and your pastor to pray for you, and then you don't get the job. Well, nobody knows you didn't get the job except the people that you asked to pray for you and the person who, you know, turned you down. But this is a very public, I didn't get the job. I probably would still be under the table drinking Grey Duck Vodka and eating donuts. (laughs) So how do you pick up the pieces after that and not only move on but find a new uh, life that is so successful and, you know, find a calling after that and go after some new dreams and set some new goals? You know, um, I love that question and I'm going to love answering it. I love answering it every single time because the truth is, Shaletta, I was devastated when I did not win my win that race. I was so um, disappointed and just I could not believe it. I could not. I I ran. I remember running upstairs 
and I was looking at um, through all the districts. I was like, I was supposed to win this district. How am I short votes in this this district? Um, I mean, in in this precinct. I was looking at all of the different precincts, trying to make sense of what had happened because we were literally neck to neck, and I knew that I worked harder than my opponent. I knew it. Everybody knew it. I raised more money, and so the logic for me just wasn't there. But at the end of the day, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was not going to be Hennepin County Commissioner. It just wasn't going to happen. And um, I had to pull myself together. It took me some time, and I loved the water. And I said to my husband, okay, we have to go to Duluth. I need to be by the water. Mm-hmm. So we drove to Duluth, and I got by the water, and I just I got the piece that I needed, and mm-hmm. I decided, okay, when I get home, I know it's going to make sense. I know I don't understand it right now, but I know I will understand it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I did in time. Um, it didn't take me that long because, you know, you can't sit in it too long. If you mm-hmm. do, I mean, I know the support that I had. Um, I found solitude and peace in the fact that I had garnered more votes in District 1 primary history than any other candidate. Wow. I had been the first black female, the first female to ever win in District 1 primary history. I had the support of over 40,000 people. So um, so that made me happy. I knew that I had the support. And uh, people still say, run again. If you run again, you have my support. And so just knowing that I had the support of some amazing people, people that I didn't know, um, came out to say, we believe that she's the better candidate. Mm. And so I had peace in that. And well, the fact that, yes. You did it. And you um, continue to amaze me seeing all the amazing and wonderful things you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show and helping us close out. Still talking the diva herself, Miss Devonna Pippen. <laughs> I thank you for being here. It has been a pleasure. Anytime, Shaletta. Thank you so much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.